Welcome to this week's Parshat Hashavuashir. It's a pleasure to be back with you and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this week it's Parshat Vayakel, and I'm delighted to say that this week's Parshat Hashavuashir is sponsored by George and Susie Fishman, in memory of George's mother, Katerina de Widder, Chaya Pearl Esther Bas Menachem Mendel, Aleha Shalom, and uh, her memory should be a blessing, and we should be zeichet to see her. Tchias Hamesim, Emir Hashem, Bekor of Mamish, Bimher of Yomenu. Her yard site is on the 27th of Adar, and I know that uh, George is watching this, and uh, we welcome you to our Shir, and of course we are delighted that you are a regular member, not just of our Shir group, but of our Minion group. Now that we're back in Shul, it's a pleasure to see you every morning, and it has been over this past very difficult few months. Amit Hashem, we should celebrate many simchas together. Parshas Vayakel. So Vayakel is a curious parsha because it begins with this word, Vayakel. Vayakel means and gather. Vayakel Moshe is kol adas b'nei Aleihem. So I'm now reading to you from the Nesivas Sholem, and uh, you'll be able to uh, access this source sheet. It's just a, a reproduction. It's a copy of the Nasiva Shalom straight from the Sefer. And you can, um, if you go on Zoom in the chat section of Zoom, you can find it. Or if you're watching this on YouTube, it's a comment. Or if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, it's a comment. You'll be able to access this particular Nasiva Shalom and see it inside. Or you could just hear the share. I will I'll be reading it to you word for word so you'll be able to understand this very deep and very special Nesiva Sholem which really cuts to the core of what it means to be a member of the Jewish nation. An important topic, an important theme to think about in this period, this lead up time, this month that we have, it's not quite a month anymore, between Purim and Pesach. And we know that Chazal tell us that 30 days before the festival, one should already begin talking about aspects of the festival. I'm not talking directly about Pesach. We'll be giving shiurim on that as well, and you'll be able to hear those shiurim. However, I'm talking about an aspect of Pesach which perhaps is glossed over or not discussed or described or defined as much as it should be, and that is the concept of Jewish nationhood. We were born as a Jewish nation. We were conceived of, in fact, as a Jewish nation during this period leading up to the Exodus. And at that moment of Exodus, it was at the stroke of midnight that we, the Jewish nation, um, emerged from Egypt as a nation. We'd never been a nation before. We'd been a collection of descendants of Avraham, Yitzhak and Yaakov, but we had not yet quite become a nation. We were formed as a nation. It was almost as if it was a a second moment of creation. There was a moment of creation that we call Maasebereshis, and then there was a moment of creation which is called Yetzias Mitzrayim. Both of those two themes have their role to play in various aspects of what it means to be Jewish. Today we're going to describe the importance and the centrality of what it means to be a part of the Jewish nation. It's no good just to be a person of faith. You can be a person of faith and be among the Gentile nations of the world, but to be a person of faith within the Jewish nation means that you are part of a broad national identity. That it's not just that you are a religious Jew, that's an individual definition, but you are broadly speaking, 
you are part of the Jewish nation. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And that is the theme, in fact, of this, the uh, posuk, the beginning of Vayakel. Vayakel Moshe es kol adas b'nei Yisrael. Moshe gathered all the um, congregation of the children of Israel. Vayom aleim, and he said to them, these are the things that God has commanded you to do. This is what you have to do. There are six days during which you may uh, do the work that you need to do in order to survive and thrive in the material, physical world that we occupy and that we live in. On the seventh day, which we call Shabbos, Kodesh. It is a holy day, Shabbos, Shabbosin Lashem. It is a holy day of Sabbath, of rest for God. So the Nesiva Shalom is very taken by this opening um, uh, verse of Parshas Ve'yakel, and we're going to address that today in the Shir. The Yalkut Shimoni Mevi. The Yalkut Shimoni is one of the various Midrashim. Midrashic sources that we have, you know that there's parallel Midrashim. Yalkut Shimoni is one of them. And the Yalkut says as follows, says the Nesivas Shalom. Rabbi Seinu Bale Agoda Omri Mitchila Mitchila Ein Baparsha Shinema Baresha Vayakel Ela Zoisbilvad. The Yalkut Shimoni points out an incredible piece of information. Something which you may have missed, unless, of course, you were a great Bible expert, watching carefully and closely each and every word of the Torah. But you probably aren't. I'm not. And therefore, we have the Yalkut, which is Torah Shabal Peh, the Medrash, that tells us that this word Vayakel is unique to this Parsha. The concept of Vayakel Moshe doesn't exist anywhere else in the Torah. The only place that you can find it is at the beginning of this parsha, at the end of Sefer Shemois. Um, the only place, Vayesh Levar in Yonah says, the Nesiva Shalom, we really need to understand why that is. The Yalkut has pointed out to us an important piece of information without giving us enough information to understand it. And the Nesiva Shalom wants to help us understand it. Oid Sorich Bir says the Nesiva Shalom, we also need to understand. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say? He gathers the Jewish nation together and he says, these are the words that God said, commanded you to do, the things that God commanded you to do. Says the Nesivas Shalom, asking a good question, how is it that the expression that is used, this Loshain Asiya, to do, is used? It makes no sense. Why is it Loshain Asiya? Kamitsus Asay, as if they are being commanded to actually do something. What did we say that, what is mentioned here? With reference to Vayaka Moshe, do you know what's referenced? The fact that you're not allowed to perform a malacha on Shabbos. There are things you're not permitted to do. So really what he should, should have said is, uh, I'll read you the Pasuk again. These are the things that God commanded you not to do. There's six days of the week that you can work. Yes, of course, you can work on those days, no problem at all. But we have a week, a day of the week called Shabbos, and you're not permitted to work. Should have said, What is the Loshon Asiyah? This constructive word, this, this word which 
which uh, conveys the idea that you need to do something, it really should have conveyed the idea that there are days of the week, a day of the week, that you're not permitted to do things, and that is, of course, Shabbos. So that's the next question of the Nesivas Sholem. Continues the Nesivas Sholem. That this parsha of Ayakel is written immediately after Kisisa. Remember, we have discussed Kisisa on several occasions. What is the defining moment of Parshas Kisisa? Maaseh Egel, the story of the golden calf, the fact that the Jewish nation constructed for themselves, or at least a small portion of the Jewish nation, made a golden calf. And this parsha comes immediately after that sin and everything that followed in its wake. So this was the moment at which Moshe Rabbeinu came da- back down from Mount Sinai after having spent another 40 days and 40 nights there to com- convey to the Jewish nation, I've spoken to God, it's all going to be okay. God is satisfied that that episode is over and you're all forgiven. So this was that moment. Vayakel Moshe, that's why he brought them all together, to tell them that. So we need to understand... Um, when did this in fact happen? It was on the day after Yom Kippur, when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from the mountain. And the fact that this is what he said to them immediately after he descended from the mountain. We can um, derive from that fact the idea that really in this posuk, in these very first early verses of Vayakel, we can somehow draw out what it was that God had depended upon in order to forgive the Jewish nation. Somehow there's a secret within these psukim that can help us understand how come God was reconciled with the Jewish nation after the grave error of judgment, the sin that occurred that we refer to as the Egel Hazov, as the golden calf. The Yesh Lehovin, in which case we need to understand, What exactly, where, where can we find, where can we discover the secret that enabled the Jewish nation to escape, I mean, by the skin of their teeth, they were going to be destroyed. What is it that God um, used as the, I don't want to use the word excuse, but somehow the hook on which he hung his pious and his um, forgiveness for the Jewish nation? What is it that occurred that allowed him to change his attitude from one of utter obliteration? God had destroyed the Jewish nation to one of, okay, I forgive them, it's going to be okay, and um, I'm going to take things forward without having destroyed them. What is that secret? Moshe Rabbeinu himself admitted, I have to say, the Jewish nation committed a grave sin, a terrible, terrible Avera, a terrible hate. What is it that God found that enabled him to forgive the Jewish nation, that is conveyed here in these early words, this first verse of Parshas Vayakel. Those are the three questions of the Nesivas Sholem, and let's move on to understand what it is that we can draw out of these early verses, these early psukim, this early idea um, that is 
contained at the beginning of Ayakel. The Yesh Lefarish Ha'inyun Alpi Mada Omar Sefer HaKodesh HaKodesh Noem Elimelech. You know that last week was Rabbi Elimelech of Lizhensk, Elimelech Weisblum, was the first great Hasidic master of Poland. Last week was his yard site, and uh, I know that people go to Lizhensk. I don't know if that was possible this year. People go and daven at his kever, at his graveside, uh, and it's considered to be a great place of pilgrimage. The Noam Elimelech is the sefer written by Rabbi Elimelech Weisblum of Lizhensk, and he uh, conveyed to us many, many powerful Hasidic ideas. The essence of Hasidism can be found, of the lessons of the Hasidic ideals, can be found in the Sefer Noam Elimelech. Here quoted by the Nesivas Shalom. He says at the beginning of Parshas Dvarim, So the um, Arizal, and I'm sure that he wasn't one who came up with it originally, but he popularized the idea that before you do a mitzvah as a Jewish person, it's not good enough just to do the mitzvah. You have to focus on the mitzvah and you say something called l'shem yichud kutsho and the words that are used in the phraseology of the introduction to any mitzvah that you do is b'shem kol Yisrael in the name of all of Israel. So you are doing a mitzvah now, let's say you're going to shake lulav, or you're going to eat matzah, or whatever it is that you're going to do, you're going to start with a l'shem yichud kutsho By the way, there's many people who don't say it, and it doesn't mean that if you do the mitzvah and you haven't said l'shem yichud kutsho that you haven't done the mitzvah properly, but the Noemi Lemelech wants to understand the phraseology, the wording of this introductory statement to any mitzvah that you do, if you're somebody who says it, the fact that we use the words, B'Shem Kol Yisrael. Every time a Jew does a mitzvah, whatever that mitzvah may be, he says specifically, he, the words that come out of his mouth convey this idea that he is doing it in the name of all of Israel. What does that mean? That's what the Nerm Elimelech addresses in his Sefer at the beginning of Parshas Dvarim. Umavar, and he explains, the Nerm Elimelech explains, Ki hayochid levada in yuchal lekaya mitzvah, that no individual is capable of performing a mitzvah as it should be performed. It's absolutely impossible. You cannot do it on your own. It's as simple as that. Sharei odom ain't sadik because the Posuk in Kohelet says there's no such person in the world who goes through life and has not sinned. And if you've sinned, and one can imagine that through the course of the day, your hands, your feet, or some aspect of your body has been involved in a sin, in which case, how can that aspect of your body be involved in doing a mitzvah? It's not possible, because you've damaged them, you've, you've diminished them spiritually, and that being the case, they cannot, even though other parts of your body can participate in the mitzvah, those aspects of your body can't participate in a mitzvah. Ve'ech tishre ha Al How can the holiness of God, how can it rest, how can it lay on any part of your body um, which has somehow been involved in activities that go against the will of God? It's not possible. That being the case, we need to come up with a solution. What is the solution? 
Olam. There is an entirely different world, like a parallel universe, that is that lives alongside every individual. Hanikra Kol Yisrael. It's the world of all of Israel. That you are an individual. You're also part of a greater whole. You become a limb within the greater whole. That in this world, which encapsulates the entire Jewish nation, this parallel world, your individual sin somehow doesn't damage that world. Your individual sin damages your individual uh, personality, your individual abilities to conduct yourself in a holy way. However, within the general world, this is some kind of elevated um, phenomena called Kol Yisrael, the Klalot, the uh, entirety of the Jewish nation. In that world, your individual uh, um, sins and disabilities, they don't affect that much greater whole. Uh, the Posik says in your nation they are all tzaddikim. As a nation, we are all tzaddikim. When your nation can be considered kulam, when they are all united as one, they become one unit, fused with each other as one great whole. That kulam the fact that they are part of the greater whole in this kind of parallel setting of Klal Yisrael, of Kol Yisrael, they become Tzadikim. Because any sin that is committed can only be attributed to an individual. It can't be attributed to the whole, to, to the group. Shekol Prat Because each individual Prat, that is, they can sin for themselves but within the broad definition of the nation of Israel there is no such thing as a sin there is no such thing as a collective sin only an individual sin and that being the case as a whole there is never going to be a time when the entire nation is going to fall into the trap of sin and that being the case, they can be considered as a whole as tzaddikim. Velochein, and therefore, says the Nesivas Shalom, Kasha Yehudi nigash lekai mitzvah, harei oimer, oimer b'shem kol Yisrael. When he does the mitzvah, and he says the l'shem yichud kudsho berichu, he does so in the name of all of Israel. He can't do it in his individual name, it's not possible. Because individually, he has not been perfect. And that being the case, he can't say the L'shem Kutshabarichu in his own name. Ah, but you can say it in the name of Kol Yisrael. Why? He includes himself rather than saying, I'm doing this as an individual, I'm okay. He says, no, no, I'm probably not okay. Because there's no person who hasn't sinned, as we saw in the, in the Pasuk in Koheles. However, I'm not including myself in this mitzvah as an individual. Rather, I am participating in this mitzvah within the greater whole that is known as Klal Yisrael. Because in that situation there is no sin and there is no misdeed. And in that way he can perform the mitzvah even if there are some aspects of his body that have been involved in negative activities that would have disabled him if he were to come at that mitzvah as an individual. But within the group that is not considered 
a disability. And that exactly was the piece of good news that Moses, Moshe Rabbeinu, came down with when he descended the mountain. He was up there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he came down and he said to the Jewish nation, problem solved. We've resolved this problem. I've come up with a solution with God. What is the solution? He came down and he said, listen, I had a discussion with God and we've come to the conclusion that this sin of the Egel cannot be considered as something which has affected the entire nation. It's something which affected individuals within the nation to a lesser or greater degree, whatever the case may be. Everybody somehow was affected by it, but everybody as a whole was not affected by it at all. As a klal, you're not considered sinners. This sin of the golden calf becomes a sin that was committed by individuals each of them in and of themselves rather than as part of the great whole that we know as the Jewish nation. And therefore the Jewish nation remains in its, right in its righteousness. That is the message in the powerful and I'm sure welcome message that Moshe Rabbeinu came down with when he descended from Har Sinai that second time. And on that basis, God was okay with Israel. In the beginning, he was very angry. But when, he, when they created this differentiation between an individual sin and the general sinning of a large group, God somehow was um, pacified as to the sins of Israel and he was willing to forgive the group even if the individuals were not forgiven. And that's what it means when it says, And Moshe Rabbeinu gathered all the nation of Israel. He, he um, gave over this idea, this novel approach to sin, that what? That there is a world, a parallel world, which encapsulates every single member of Klal Yisrael. And in that sphere, in that particular place, hate cannot reach. No sin can get there. It was only on that basis that God was pacified and he was no longer angry with them as a result of the sin of the golden calf. What was the first thing that Moshe Rabbeinu did when he came down from the mountain? He gathered the whole nation together as one great big whole. He wanted to cement this idea. He wanted to solidify it. To gather them together and unite them as one, it was exactly this idea, that's why it's the only place in the Torah where this concept of Vayakel is mentioned, because it was that moment that was most necessary. It was at that moment that Moshe Rabbeinu needed to do it, he needed to establish this principle that there is a Kol Yisrael, and then there is an Ayochid Yisrael. If you're part of Kol Yisrael, the Chait cannot get there. 
Efsher Lefarish. And as a result of this, we can perhaps explain how Pasuk Vayomer Aleim El Ador Hashem La'asois. Now we can understand that this is what God commanded them to do, something that they had to do proactively. It's not about the Shabbos that he gathered them together or that this Pasuk is an introduction to. The introduction here is the concept of Kol Adas B'nei Yisrael, that that's the Vayakel Moshe, and the La'asois of that Pasuk is about the Kol Adas B'nei Yisrael. Hainu Shezois Tziva Hashem Yisbarach La'asois K'dei L'chaper Amaseh HaEgel. This is exactly what God commanded them, instructed them to do, in order for them to be forgiven for the act of having put together the golden calf. They need to gather together. They need to be part of a greater whole. You are just one tiny element of a much greater force known as Klal Yisrael. Your individual part is that's something that can go wrong. But when you're part of the greater whole in that sphere, you're okay, you're a tzaddik. And that's why it's so important for each and every one of us. And at that time, it was the first moment that this occurred, that each and every one of them needed to gather together on that basis. Of course, we were at the foot of Mount Sinai. But this is the first time that it's formally important. It has legal and spiritual ramifications that we need to be part of a greater whole because then their sin can be forgiven and therefore this is what we need to understand when the Pasuk says to do them because it is the commandment here, the instruction here, is not for us to observe the laws of Shabbos, the negative laws of Shabbos of not performing a melacha. The uh, positive instruction here, the instruction of what it is that we need to do is to gather together, is the Vayakel Moshe es koladas b'nei Yisrael. And based on what we've just said, we can explain that which Chazal say in a Gemara in Avodah Zorah, Daftalad, Omid Beis. What does the Gemara say? The whole reason that the Jewish nation sinned at that moment in our history when they constructed a golden calf was only so that we would be enabled of performing repentance, of being able to go back on our sins and seek forgiveness as a group. As a group. That was what was so important. It was in order to convey this idea that there is power in repentance when it's done within a group. It's only as a result of us doing Teshuvah, not as an individual, privately in our own room, in our own sphere, that we are able to gain the forgiveness of God. It's because we do it as part of a greater whole. Within Kahal Adas Yisrael that we are able to achieve the forgiveness that we seek from God for the things that may have that we may have done wrong. You should know that the whole power of the 
alternative source. So Sitra Akhra is the negative, the Yetzahara, the power of the negative, of the physical and of the material to draw us away from our spiritual source and from the spiritual energy of God. Where does that power come from? That only comes about as a result of us excluding ourselves we say at the seder what is the problem of the russia that he's might see himself from the cloud he withdraws from the group that is what makes him a russia that's what gives the the uh, opening for the yetzahara to succeed with the russia that he's might see himself from the cloud that he draws himself out of the group he takes himself out of klal yisrael Somebody who includes himself in the general, as it were, group that we know as the Jewish nation. He's got an incredible weapon. It's a secret weapon. It's a nuclear option. He's always got the knowledge that he's part of this greater whole. And the Sitra Akhra, as long as he is aspiring to be a spiritual person and when he does something individually wrong, he wants to involve himself in a Teshuvah process, the Sitra Akhra cannot gain a hold of him, has no traction. Whether it's in spiritual matters, or whether it's in material matters, makes no difference. The Sitra Akhra only gains a hold of somebody who is not involved with Klal Yisrael, who excludes himself, who might see himself, takes himself out of the Klal of the general group. Gemar Chazal, this is a brochus in Dafmem Gemara, in brochus Dafmem Gimel Omid Base. The Gemara says there, Kol Beitrei Loi Mazki, an incredible Gemara. Anybody who is in a partnership of two cannot be harmed. The Kaliska Rebbe said, says the Nesiva Sholem. B'michtav aho de Omru Chazal, b'michtav in a letter, aho de Omru Chazal, yodia tsaroi l'rabim, v'rabim mevakshim alav rachmim. Chazal say, tell your convey your sorrows, your difficulties, your pain, your suffering, your challenges to the larger group and that larger group mevakshim alav rachmim they will seek um, uh, they will seek mercy for the individual who is in a difficult situation in life says the Kaliska Rebbe yevakshu alav rachmim the the syntax, the grammar of that sentence makes no sense. It should say, Yuvakshu alavrachmim, that they will seek mercy for him. Madua ksiv mevakshim. Why does the why is the word that's used mevakshim? It doesn't make sense contextually. That's not the word that one would use in Hebrew. The word you would use is Yuvakshu, not mevakshim. It's an incredible idea. Umavira and he explains the Kaliska Rebbe says as follows: When a Jewish person conveys its Torahs, he uh, publicly declares the problems that he is going through, and he seeks the help of the Rabbim. and includes himself within that group with whom. You know, everybody wants to keep their problems private. Sometimes you need to share. And when you share, there is a wonderful benefit. If this is the nuclear option that the Nesiva Shalom is revealing, and here a beautiful piece from the Kaliska, he's saying as follows, Once 
in and of itself, once you've conveyed your problems to a larger group and you've included yourself in that group, you've said, I belong to you. I'm part of you. I'm part of the community. I am part of Ayakel Moshe's Kaladas B'nei Yisrael. I am part of the community. I'm part of the congregation. Then it's not that you need to seek mercy. Mercy will in and of itself come upon you. God will shower mercy on you simply because of your ability to include yourself in the klal. In and of itself, that is the act that will result in the mercy from up above. Simply from the strength, the power of your inclusion among the community, within the community, as a result of that, you can shrug off all your problems. It's an incredible idea. It's a very modern idea that it's as part of a group when you convey information, when you keep things to yourself, they fester, they become more difficult. And in fact, they can um, create more problems for you. But when you're willing to share, when you're willing to be part of a group, and by the way, every member of that group is going to be open with every other member of that group. A problem shared is a problem solved. Here you have it. There's a religious context to that. When you are part of Kol Yisrael, that's a problem solved. And this indeed is the a background to the two mitzvahs that are contained in Parshas Vayakel, beginning with Shabbos and ending with Mishkan, all the instructions for the construction of the sanctuary. Shabbos umasya Mishkan. Why? Shehem in Yonim hashayochim leklal Yisrael. These are two facts. These are two commandments. These are two aspects of the Jewish faith that require a collective effort. Mitzvah Shabbos shayeches leklal Yisrael. And you need to understand this, that Shabbos, the observance of Shabbos, being involved in the observance of Shabbos, keeping Shabbos, is something that is a collective mitzvah. It's not an individual mitzvah. Of course, you have your individual obligations to observe Shabbos, but it's much broader than that. You need to be involved with the klal in order to observe Shabbos properly. As Chazal have taught us, and this is a medrash and bracious rabbi, they say, God, as it were, in conversation with Shabbos, a beautiful idea. You know, the Medrash sometimes has these ideas. It presents somewhat fanciful conversations that God has with different aspects of creation. Here, God is in conversation with Shabbos, as it were. What does he say to Shabbos? He says, Knesses Yisrael, ben You should know that the collective nation of Israel, the community of Israel, they are going to be your partner. Shabbos, you have a partner. Do you know who that partner is? Knesses Yisrael. And our holy masters convey to us what this means. Knesses Yisrael, you know what it means to be Knesses Yisrael? It means that the Jewish nation have gathered together and have become united as one. That is the partnership that we have with Shabbos, with that seventh day of the week when we don't do any work. If we are collected together as a community, and that's why Shabbos is such an important day. When we gather together, we daven together, we 
uh, socialize together. We come together as a community on Shabbos. It's so important because that, says Chazal, is the whole purpose of Shabbos. You know, during the week we need to work and we each work in our own spaces, our own offices, our own environment. We're not, even if we're with people, we're on our own. On Shabbos, do you know what Shabbos is? We get together as a nation. We come together as a community. And that's why Shabbos is not only just about coming, it's not just about discharging your duty. Okay, I've done Shabbos. You know, I love that when uh, um, I hear from American tourists that they've been to different places around the world. I've done Paris, I've done Rome, I've done London, I've done whatever it is. You can't say that about a place where, you know, there's thousands of years of history. I've done Rome. What are you talking about? You can't say, similarly speaking, on a similar vein, you can't say, I've done Shabbos. Why? Because you, you spent Shabbos not doing the Malochas? Because you davened what it said in the Siddha? You've never done Shabbos until you've done it in a community. And when you've done it in a community, not one week or two weeks, but every week of your life, that you've gone to shul and you've been together with a community, who knows it better than us? Who over the past year have struggled really to keep our communities together? What is how Shabbos meant? What has it meant when we've had Shabbos? Of course we've kept Shabbos. I mean, we're all Shema Shabbos. We all want to keep Shabbos properly. We begin the Shabbos. We say Kabbalah Shabbos. And we sang Shalom Aleichem. We said Eish Yitzchayel. We made Kiddush. We ate all the food of Shabbos. And perhaps we were together with a few select members of our family who were part of our little pod in our group. But is that Shabbos? Gracious Shabbos says no. Chazal say, do you know what Shabbos is? When there's Knesset Yisrael, when the Jewish people come together, when we sing L'chadoidi together as a group, when we come together not just to discharge our duty, because we went through the motions of Shabbos. Shabbos is a collective mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that involves every aspect of community life. And that's why Shabbos is not just about davening in shul, shachris and laning and haftorah and musaf. It's about the Kiddush, and it's about getting together and socializing, having meals together, getting together on Shabbos afternoon, going to a shir together, learning together. Every aspect of community life that we're so familiar with, that is what Shabbos is about. Vayakel Moshe is kol adas b'nei Yisrael. He gathered the nation together as an antidote to the idea of individuality within the framework of religion. We are not ever going to be able to access the kindness, the bountiful kindness of God, unless we come together as Kahal Adas Yisrael, as a congregation of Israel. That is the essence of what it means to be a Jew. That's what he says, the Nesibah Shonim. Knesset Yisrael, Mashi Yehudim, Miskansim Yachad Ba'achtus Halavavos. The Jewish nation getting together in a oneness of heart. Al Yudezer, Niyeh Ben Zugle Shabbos Kodesh. This way we can be a partner as if we're married to Shabbos. Ve'ein Bekoichoy Lahasig, Haras Shabbos Ukudushosa. You can't get to the essence of Shabbos and its holiness, its sanctity. Rak Mikoyach Nesis Yisrael, only as a result of gathering, gathering together as a congregation of Israel. When we come together 
and we gather as a gathering, as a group of Israel, as it were. That's when we can come on to Shabbos. We can walk arm in arm with Shabbos Kodesh, with the holy sanctified Shabbos, because we are together as a group. That group can be the Benzug le Shabbos Kodesh. And we can benefit from every aspect of the positivity of everything that Shabbos has to give us only as a result of being together as a community, of being united as one for Shabbos. Kodesh. Do you know where the Hasidic custom comes from that everyone gathers together for a tish and uh, gathers around the Rebbe on Friday night? This idea that every Chosid needs to be together with every other Chosid on Friday night? It's this, this Medrash. That's what the, that's what the Kaliska Rebbe says. That's what the Nesivas Sholem is quoting here. I'm not suggesting, by the way, you all now become Hasidim and you move to a place where you can go to a Hasidish Atish of a Rebbe every Friday night. But you need to know where the source of the custom is, what it's all about. It's gathering together so you can be married to Shabbos. You can be the Ben Zug of Shabbos within Knesses Yisrael. Um, uh, the vessel of the Holy Shabbos, who Knesset Yisrael, the ability of us getting together, of us being a community, that is what enables Shabbos to excel, to reach the highest high. Only as a result of that can you reach the light, the beautiful light, and the incredible holiness, the sanctity in every aspect and every benefit that Shabbos has to offer. And so too the Mishkan that was built as a result of the coming together of the Jewish nation. They all came together. They all, this was the first ever fundraising campaign, a charity campaign matching campaign, whatever you want to call it. We're all familiar with charity campaigns, right? This was the first one ever in the history of the Jewish nation. But they weren't collecting for Yenem's shul or Yenem's school or, you know, some aspect, some parochial community project. This was a collective project. But I want to tell you something. That's what the Nesiva Sholem says. Can you imagine if I would have gone to any one of the individuals who were the wealthiest people in the Jewish nation at that time would have said, you know what, I'd like you to build a Beis HaMikdosh. They would have written the check right away. How much does it cost? Million dollars? Ten million? Hundred million? Whatever it is, I'm writing out. God commanded? Right? The Yikhuli Teruma? A personal request from God who's knocking on your door? It's not uh, Rabbi Pini Duna knocking on your door asking you for charity. It's God himself. And he sends Moshe Rabbeinu. You get a knock on your door. Hello, who's there? Mr. Abenu. What do you want? Well, God sent me. He wants a check from you for the Mishkan. God? How much does he want? I'll give you anything. Any individual would have taken this project upon themselves without asking another question. Someone who's charitable, who understands the value of the Mishkan, would have written the check. That's what the Nesiva Shalom says. Ah, Mishkan, Kol Klal Yisrael. The commandment was that the Mishkan could only be built 
through the participation of every member of Klal Yisrael. No one is going to be left out. At the very least, each person has to give their portion via the Machtis HaShekel. You may give more, but everybody has a right to give. Everybody is going to participate. It's a Klal Yisrael project. As a result of which, no one could take personal credit or individual credit as a result of the edifice that was going to be built. Absolutely not. Each and every person had a stake, a personal involvement with the construction of the Mishkan. We know, and this is a tradition that we have, that the Mishkan was a kapara, was a penitential act for the Jewish nation, for the sin of the golden calf. And now we can understand what that means. To get forgiven for the act of having um, created the golden calf. It needed to access this Olam Shal Kol Yisrael, this world of the entire Jewish nation, all the Israelites, everybody needed to be involved in this project in order to undo the damage that was done, in order to establish this fact of Olam Shal Kol Yisrael, of a world, a sphere that involves every member of the Jewish nation. We know that the Mishkan was a forgiveness for the act of the Egon. And the former Slanim Rebbe before the Nesivas Shalom was the Beis Avram, and he wrote in his Sefer Isa Al Aposuk VaYakol Moshe's Kaladas Bnei Yisrael. He writes about this posuk, and Moshe gathered together the entire congregation of the children of Israel. Vayakel, the word Vayakel, let's split it into its individual letters. Vayakel, Vav, six, and Yud is ten, that's sixteen. Kuf is a hundred, a hundred and sixteen. Hey is five, we're now at a hundred and twenty-one. And then we have Lamud, which is 30. So we have 151. That's the gematria of Ayakel. The gematria mikveh. It's the same numerical value in that word as the word mikveh, the dipping pool that we have to purify people. The rainwater pool that we call mikveh. Mem is 40 and Kuf is 100, 140, 140 uh, 6 with a Vov. And then we have hay, which makes it 151, because hay is 5. So we see the word Vayakel is the same as the word Mikveh. Why? Aderech Mamra Kosov Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. We have the Posuk and it's quoted by Chazal. Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. The Mikveh of the Jewish nation is God. But let's split it into its individual components. Mikveh Yisrael Hashem. Hainu Sheyesh Gimel in Yonim Hamatarim Ishuhudi. There are three aspects of purifying any individual within the Jewish nation. How do you purify? Well, what is the purification process? What does it mean? And we have here the indication from the fact that Vayakel is the same numerical value as Mikveh. What is it? Mikveh Mataris Hatmeim. First of all, we have the rainwater pool. That will um, purify an individual who has contaminated themselves in some with some connection to an impure aspect of creation. Yisrael Metaharim. 
Israel in and of itself is metaher. Hainu kashe koilel es atzmoi biklolois Yisrael, the vayakel mikveh. This is the aspect of connecting yourself to the Jewish nation, being part of that greater whole. That will in and of itself will uh, be metaher and ish Yehudi will be metahir you, will purify you, will sanctify you because you're part of the greater whole. If you join yourself up with other Jewish people and become part of that community, part of that congregation, you will be purified. And of course, God comes in as the third element of that. You've got the mikveh, You've got the Yisrael, and then, of course, you've got the Hashem, the fact that God is Metaher people. Um, as it says, Avichem Shabashomayim Metaher Eschem. That God, and this is what Rabbi Akiva says in the Mishnah, that Avichem Shabashomayim, your Father in heaven, will purify you. The Efsha Le Farisha Mikve Matar Eschelek Haguf. Perhaps we can say, to understand this differentiation of the three, that the Mikve. The actual pool of rainwater, that is matar your guf, that purifies your body. It's a physical purification. The Israel matarim es nefesh v'haruach. And the joining up with the congregation, the vayakel part of the mikveh, the Yisrael part of the mikveh, that is matahar your nefesh, your ruach, your neshama, then you can purify your spiritual element. The ultimate level, level of neshama, the part of you that is God himself within you, that is going to be purified as a result of the fact that God purifies it. You've got mikveh, you've got Yisrael, and you've got Hashem. Those are the three elements of the purification process. We'll leave it here for today. Thank you so much. Thank you.